0: And welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell, and that is Kurt Souter. And Kurt is with Further Still Ministries. And this little show we've been doing now for coming on nine years is a show for men by men talking about things from a man's perspective. We believe here at Solid Steps that you can talk about sports, weather, and politics all fine. I like to do all the above. But there is some things that need to be talked about that are much more important, and they are the things of eternity. And we believe here that it's solid steps, that if you're not work, walking with the person of Jesus Christ, then you are not fulfilling your destiny God has for you as a man or a woman, depending on who's listening. So all that being said, we want to talk about all kinds of varying topics. And so today's topic is one of those topics that you just don't hear a lot about and shame on us as a, as a Western society for not talking more about it. And I was convicted a few years ago by watching a, a documentary about uh, Disciple making movements in the Middle East, and I realized how little I have really had any burden for our brothers and sisters outside of America. Just very, uh, very little. That's my own confession. And so, that being said, we're going to talk today. And and that before we get into it, I want to throw this statistic out, Kurt. Is this a quiz? No. Oh, okay. It says that one in eight Christians. According to this website, one in eight Christians worldwide live in countries where they may first face persecution. And so we don't even think about that twice here in America. But there are people around the world who, when they wake up, they're waking up knowing their day is going to be blanketed in potential persecution. And so we're going to talk today about some gentlemen who are in areas of the world where it is a challenge to say the name of Jesus and let alone spread his message.
1: Yeah, Chad, sometimes we wake up and it's cloudy and it's raining. We kind of have a, like, oh my goodness, you know, uh, yeah, there's people, our brothers and sisters around the world, um, some are, are facing a lot of difficult times. So I want to welcome John and Philip, and uh, not the real name, but so that... Uh, Because where they minister and where they uh, work and proclaim Jesus, um, they have to be careful. So, uh, welcome to the show, both of you.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having us.
1: It's uh, it's great, Uh, and um, you can tell, uh, Philip, you have a uh, you have a nice accent. Um, You can tell you're not from the Louisville area.
3: (laughs) Greatly obvious. John,
1: now you are also, so uh, wh- where are you guys from? Can you tell us uh, wh- where,
3: where, where do you come from? I'm originally from the south, uh, southern part of Egypt. And this is why I have accents. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you sound perfectly fine. We're the ones who sound weird. <laughs>
1: All the way from Egypt. Chad, have we had any guests come this
0: far to our show? Baghdad, Kentucky, but not ah. <laughs> any place else in the Middle East. No, that's as far as we go. And, and um,
2: John, you grew up in mm-hmm. Egypt. I did. Yeah, I grew up a part of the years of uh, my childhood in Egypt and then moved to a different spot south of that, lived there for a little bit and then moved to South Carolina, which I wish I could have picked up that accent. That would have been a fun one to have <laughs> on this show. <laughs> Well, it,
1: it, you don't have your father's accent.
2: Yeah, you know, when I was young, I convinced my dad if you let me watch American movies, it'll improve my English. So, uh, so that's what I did, and uh, it improved my English, but it probably messed me up a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, and you have been here in the states um, for a, a little while. Mm-hmm. Talk about that just real quickly. Sure. Yeah. After I graduated from um, a missionary kids school. Um, In North Africa, I moved to Chicago, uh, heard about a man named D.L. Moody, would read about him when I was growing up and realized, okay, this guy has a school that he founded. So I moved there and spent four years studying the Bible and studying music. So D.L. Moody is one of your uh, uh, great um, heroes Heroes of the faith. Absolutely. Amen. Amen.
1: If I had to mention one... Man in all of history, it would be D. L. Moody. Yes, so, absolutely. I mean, maybe the Apostle Paul, but
2: yeah, uh, yeah that's right. D. L. Moody first, <laughs> then the Apostle Paul. Yeah.
1: And so then, um, after you graduated from Moody, mm-hmm. which is my alma mater, that's right, that's um, right. As soon as you said, as
2: soon as we met, I'm like, oh
1: my goodness, we went to the same school. That's um, right. Wh-
2: uh, then what happened? Then I um, started working at. There's a few group of churches in the Ohio, the Cleveland-Akron area that Pastor Alistair Begg uh, leads, and so I joined one of those churches, did an internship uh, there, was there for five years, and then they sent me overseas to be a a missionary. I was there for a couple years and then came back to Louisville for seminary and just graduated a year ago. So time flies. Time flies. When you're having fun. That's, that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah.
1: So, Philip, tell us about you. What, what do you do? Um,
3: to, to talk to our listeners about that. Sure. <clears throat> um, I, I personally finished mechanical engineering um, and then went to the compulsory um, uh, military service. And that was part of God's uh, equipping and molding. Um, and I don't take that uh, lightly. But later I started uh, to work as a missionary uh, in the country of Sudan, uh, what we call it Sudan North. Um, uh, at that time, there, there were, they were uh, one country before the split, and I worked there for eighteen years as a missionary, um, gained uh, much experience in different activities, from child evangelism to leadership training to um, Bible fairs, etc. Um, And then uh, that has um, uh, prepared the platform for a more mature ministry uh, to focus on church planting among the unreached people groups of North Africa, Middle East, and uh, Sub-Sahara Africa as well at this uh, current uh, time.
1: And so you are really helping church planting in, I mean, just multiple countries, Yes, sir. That's incredible. Talk to us about um, your home country, uh, Egypt. Talk to our listeners about that culture and um, yes, the interesting facts.
3: Sure. Um, one fact is that um, the church, uh, the Egyptian church, has a a long history, very rich history that started two thousand years ago. obviously, and um, um, with that in mind. Uh, you know, the Egyptian church in a sense is was and is a guardian of the Christian faith in the region. Uh, not many people know that the number of Christians in Egypt alone uh, is half, is 50% the number of all the Christians in the region in North Africa and the Middle East altogether. Uh, so you have a you have a giant down there that is rich with resources um, uh, uh, of different kinds, um, and that that uh, is a privilege, but it's also a responsibility. So that when it comes to the how the church looks like, God in His uh, mercy has kept this church united. I suppose to the church in North Africa, even where. Uh, St. Augustine was there, uh, um, but the divisions over theological issues has uh, weakened the church in North Africa. and uh, the church in North Africa unfortunately is very uh, weak now, right now uh, in this, um, apart from uh, you know some movements here and there. But, uh, but the Egyptian church is still solid and uh, there is a, a wonderful relationship now with the state. Uh, with the president, with the government, and uh, we live a peaceful time that is um, unprecedented.
1: That's incredible. Yeah. Talk to us about um, uh, other religions in the area and what that looks like.
3: Um, the, the whole area is a Muslim area, saturated Muslim area. So if I talk about percentages, I would say, uh, that the number of of uh, Christianity, of, of the Christian population in Egypt, would probably vary between uh, 15 to 20 percent, maybe a little bit more. Um, you know, you don't have really accurate statistics to uh, lean on, uh, but, uh, but I would say that uh, what is more important is the health of the church and the maturity of the church, and how the church has open eyes for the for the opportunities to share the
1: gospel. You're saying the church in Egypt is, is solid, it's strong, it's got some robustness to it, and what a beautiful thing.
0: What a beautiful thing. So we're going to take a break and come back, and there's probably a million questions we could ask our guests today, <laughs> and, and we're going to talk more about... What does it mean to uh, operate in this country and in Northern Africa and in places where you just don't go out because these churches that we're talking about are not big billboards and a lot of marketing and uh, a lot of people coming in through the front door. It's a different type of church, so we're going to talk more about that and what it looks like here on Solid Steps. Hadley Sign Solutions, owner Chris Hadley, has 35 years experience in design, manufacturing, and the installation of commercial exterior electrical signage. He can help promote your business in Kentucky and southern Indiana. Call him at 502-419-7228. That's 419-7228. Or you can email him at Solutions at gmail.com. That's Hadley Sign Solutions. Dan Hart Financial, if you want to retire or want to talk about retirement, Whether you're a year away or 20 years away, Dan Hart can sit down, come up with your plan that you uh, need to have, or talk about your plan that you have in place and see if it's a good fit. Dan Hart Financial. So in our last segment, we were talking about our guests who are from Egypt, and uh, that's not exactly the same culture as the churches that we go to, so we wanted to hear more about their faith history and where the church may be going in the future. Uh, Philip, I'm
1: fascinated at how the gospel got into Egypt. Now, it's not too far. Egypt is not too far from the land of Israel. But how did you become a Christian, but even back up how the gospel expanded and got and moved into Egypt?
3: Fantastic. The scripture is clear. There were Arabs and Egyptians present during the day of Pentecost. So it's not um, you know strange to know that they, the Egyptians that were there have taken the gospel back. Alexandria has a, a huge history uh, when it comes to the um, early scholars, early fathers. But uh, I would say precisely that the authentic tradition confirms that Mark, John Mark, the author of the Gospel of Mark, was the main key person who took the gospel around and spread the gospel in different parts of Egypt. And he was martyred lately in in Egypt. Uh, But over the course of years, the church has suffered um, persecution um, in the second century, we read about Antony, uh, the early um, um, a monk that established the monastery movement, and then in the third century, Athanasius uh, was uh, uh, was um, uh, fascinated with uh, with Antony and wrote his history. But but what is more important for us here is that. Um, the church has grown uh, uh, dramatically even within the persecution uh, time.
1: I want to touch on that persecution, but in just a minute, you came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. How?
3: I personally grew up in a Christian home, and uh, at the age of seven, as I, hear, as I heard the uh, gospel stories from my parents, and then later an evangelistic campaign uh, that uh, God provided uh, for many of my um, uh, uh, peers to listen to the gospel at my own small town, uh, that was a good opportunity for me to make the decision as early as uh, seven years old. Um, uh, but uh, if I just help my listeners to know that uh, starting of the 7th century and on, the Islamic invasion has hit hard on the church for four centuries in row that demolished uh, in the 11th century in particular uh, 30,000 churches, under one governor, one Muslim governor. But imagine with all of that, that the church is still standing firm. Um,
1: That's remarkable.
3: Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, over the course of the um, following years, there was uh, times when when the church suffered a lot. But uh, I would say that 1850... There was an evangelical revival when the early uh, Presbyterian and other denominations uh, came as missionaries to Egypt, and this is when you can consider the contemporary evangelical movement starting up again. And uh, from 1850 till now, uh, that that this is when you trace the uh, evangelical start, uh, starting movement uh, from, that, from that day till today.
1: Talk to our listeners about persecution today, in, maybe in Egypt, but really northern Africa and beyond.
3: Yes. I would say that um, the Islamic culture is very rooted in our region. So, if, for instance, if you are a, if you are a Muslim and you wanted to convert to Christianity, then the first layer, the first people that will will really give you a hard time, will be your family, because becoming an infidel, becoming a Christian, is an you will you will be considered an infidel. That means that you uh, you denied the heritage of the family, you denied everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a big threat to the to the family, and then if the if the situation became worse, then the family will report you to the secret police. Uh, usually, the secret police don't, doesn't really intervene until there is an instability within that community or that context. Um, but they are they are aware of of what's happening. Um, so um, having said that. I would say that embracing the cross is on the side of Muslim converts, number one, but also embracing the cross is on the side of the church uh, when, when there is some fanatic or fundamental movement like the one that happened in 2013. 80 churches with, were burned and knocked down by the Muslim Brotherhood as a retaliation uh, from christians because they supported the current christian, current um, president when he took over so they, they the muslim brotherhood retaliated from the ch- from the christian christian church that happens every now and, and then you have you hear of bombing here you have an explosion here but thankfully the last 5 years uh, the security uh, situation is far better than many years be- before.
1: So, like when John came to faith in Christ, coming from your family in the in a Christian family, that's not that big of a deal mm-hmm. in the in the culture at this time. Mm-hmm. But in previous times, and if. You, if if Philip, you would have been in the Muslim faith, and John would have converted. That would have been a major, major. Uh, you,
3: you add to that that mm-hmm. if if I am personally heavily involved and active and proactive in Muslim evangelism, then I have to pay a price, mm-hmm. and I did. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow, talk to our listeners about. Um, not just in Egypt, but are you talking in in the, in the all of Northern Africa and, and the Middle East?
3: Yeah, it's it's all over the place. But where you know it's it's the spiritual truth. Wherever there is a strong light, the kingdom of darkness will attack uh, uh, severely. Um, against against the strong church, I mean the book of Acts, Acts nine. Uh, Paul uh, or Saul moved out because there was a strong church in Damascus. So you don't go to a weak church. Uh, you going to go. You don't go against uh, uh, a weak church. But but if I talk about North Africa, for instance, Algeria is suffering persecution right now, and uh, many. Uh, I would say that. Probably ninety nine percent of the churches among the Berber, uh, which is the Christian uh, current or uh, contemporary movement in Algeria, have been closed. They are shut down, and many are imprisoned. So, um, so it's um, it's not always easy. I would say, um, and uh, I know that people at this end here don't hear that. Uh, but there is a persecution in Algeria right now, and um, uh, Morocco, the, the church is underground. Uh, Libya is tough. Uh, Saudi started to open up, uh, not for, for, you know, public faith, but, uh, but at least there is some sort of tolerance, and we will wait and see.
0: Wow. Philip, in about 30 seconds, can you, you mentioned something about persecution that happened to you. Can you share what happened?
3: Yeah, um, I, I was active in, in the university as, a, um, you know, trying to reach out to Muslims. So um, um, at that time, there was al Jamal al which is the Wahhabi branch of the Wahhabi movement, Muslim Brotherhood, etc. And uh, um, they um, uh, they uh, considered me a threat to their movement, and they uh, beat me up. Um, but God, in his mercy, just has rescued me um, miraculously from their hands. And uh, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a break. I want to hear more about that story before we, we finish.
0: So we're going to yeah. take a break. Be back shortly on Solid Step. Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry, Dr. Eric Veal has been a sponsor of our show since the beginning. If you need your teeth cleaned, overall dental health, Dr. Eric Veal can take care of you. He's got two locations in the Louisville area, one in the Iroquois Park area and then the other in eastern Jefferson County. That's Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. And Frank Enterprises, they are a professional septic tank, landscaping, and wastewater management company. If you have water outside your house that's not going where it's supposed to go, or you have septic tank issues, or any landscaping needs, Frank Enterprises can take care of you. Their years of experience will come through, and you will be thankful you called them. So in our last segment, we were finishing up, and we heard a little bit about Philip's story about when he was in college a few years ago, uh, that he he, uh, had some persecution because he was disruptive to the Muslim movement at the time. And so, Philip, I want to hear a little bit more. Last time we we finished that segment, you talked about you were being disruptive because of your belief in in spreading the teachings of Jesus, and they beat you up, but going from there on, how did they handle it from there?
3: Yeah, I would say usually when you are uh, persecuted, you have to face the question, uh, are you willing to forgive and are you willing to show the fruit of the Spirit? Because this is the real challenge. It's easy to perform a ministry, perform uh, or, or have an, um, a Christian activity. But, but I think people are drawn to Christ more than, um, um, uh, uh, than any other uh, uh, factor, the factor of the, of the fruit of the Spirit. What Jesus prayed... Father, forgive them. Mm. This is the challenge uh, for all of us. Um, and uh, let me just expand to say that we have uh, a blessing in the Egyptian church, or two blessings. One is, is that we are not really suffering from materialism. Mm. And, um, and, uh, but secondly, the blessing of, of neighboring with uh, strong Muslims. Uh, Egypt is the, uh, or Cairo in particular, is the um, intellectual capital of Islam. Uh, so you have the, really the fundamentalism ideology uh, that is all over the place. Our people are very religious. So it's a, you say it's a blessing? I would say yes. Because Islam, in a sense, I hope my listeners understand that, and any opposition, you can consider it God's messenger to help you be to stay on your knees. And the main blessing that I had uh, growing up was is that we were collectively, as church members, as active people in the gospel, we were on our knees again and again and again. And that helped us to uh, found a strong movement um, and uh, I, I hope that that helps us to see the uh, the uh, the the advantage of living in a, a rough culture that uh, will not make your life easy, but at the same time, you will help uh, to mature in Christ. Mm. You are chal-
1: Philip. You're challenging me as I'm listening to this. That sometimes we will, we just want to move the opposition away. You're saying, no, that's that drives us to our knees. Yes, and so then, <clears throat> your your comment.
3: My comment is that um, we we don't need to pray, as you mentioned, that God will remove the obstacles. The Apostle Paul never asked his audience to 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 pray for him that God will immune him from the persecution or remove the hardships. He was always focusing on maturity Mm. and may the eyes of your heart will be open to see how magnificent this God is Mm. and continue to be his glory bearers yeah he
1: would ask he would say that the lord god would give me the words to speak with boldness with courage i mean the that's the apostles lord give us boldness and courage in the midst of persecution yes yes that's powerful um so which begs the question john you you want to follow in your father's footsteps the american people would go you're you're crazy mm
2: yeah <laughs> yeah I am a little crazy <laughs> if you know me uh, personally um yeah I mean I think uh, I I think of what Dietrich Bonhoeffer said he said uh, when Christ calls a man he bids him come and die and so uh, that's the challenge I can either either hold on to my life and lose it or I can give up my life and gain it and so I think that's honestly this uh, this is not an overnight thing it, it took me years I I've had the American dream, you know, like just move here, get a great house, get married, have kids and, you know, send money over to dad, you know, and, you know, he'll let him enjoy the the hot weather of Africa and I'm going to stay here in the, in the cool of America. But honestly, I, the more I did that, the more I started to die on the inside, like die in a bad way. But the more that I'm saying yes to the Lord, like this is, I'm going to do this, I'm going to give up these temporary comforts, I'm starting to live again. Like, my joy is coming back. My peace is coming back. And I'm excited. Like, life is short to just, you know, live in a cul-de-sac forever. I mean, God bless any person who's doing that because I know you have a ministry wherever you are. This is not to belittle or to shame you for for that. But that's just not my calling. My my, I feel like my DNA is, is this, is what we just heard.
1: Your DNA is... To minister to North Africa and beyond. That's right. And whether there's persecution or not, you are um, I love what you say. You're recording Jesus. I mean, you want to live? Okay, lose your life. Yes. That's that's when you will find life. That's it. And that's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of the calling of following Jesus. You cannot be my disciple unless you deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. That's right. And so there's this ongoing, how do we live for the glory of Jesus? That's it. And, you know, frankly, you know, the the American church needs a wake-up call. Mm -hmm. The American church, you know, God loves the church. Jesus died for the church. At the same time, um, the brothers and sisters around the world, like you guys, challenge us Mm -hmm. and chad i mean you have thoughts on that
0: yeah uh, i think um you know i think we we look at how many people who know they're going to start following jesus knowing it will disrupt their whole life Mm -hmm. and jesus said you have to lose your life in order to gain it Mm -hmm. and i think most christians in america and a blanket statement most christians in america they're not joining a church Knowing, oh, by the way, you could lose your life. Your money, your family could hate you. Do you still want to follow Jesus? Mm -hmm. The majority of people won't even walk into church if they heard that. Mm -hmm. So this is is not a call on Egyptian Christians' lives. mm -mm. (laughs) What Jesus said was for everyone. That's right. Now, I'm not going to live my life the same as Philip because of cultural and generational and God put me here and in my places, so... I, but at the same time, there's still a calling to lose your life. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's, it's different challenges. Yeah, so, there's no great. doubt. Your thoughts, Philip?
3: Yes, I, I, I affirm what Chad has said that it's different challenges, right. different pressures. I mean, and I can, as I read the news here, um, and I see the, the pressures that are coming on a declining culture. Um, I, I would I would see that the next few years would be more challenging for the for the American church unless unless as we started this uh, episode on our knees the church need to go back on their knees mm-hmm. the church needs to go back to repentance mm-hmm. and uh, uh, not to, not to necessarily rescue America. Uh, We are not, uh, this is uh, not about heroism, heroism, but it's about being faithful till the end, Mm -hmm. whatever the ramifications are. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, listeners, if you, you, some of you might not know this, but Chad and I, when we first started this, uh, how many years ago, we looked at each other and we said, do you know what you're doing? Um, no, I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, we, we love ministry and we love the gospel, but we've never done a radio before. And so we said, you know, dude, our only response is we need to get on our knees. Mm-hmm. And, um, we've had every episode that we've ever done. We start with on our knees mm-hmm. and that's what you're, you're referring to. We start on our knees and that's where the church needs to always be mm-hmm. on our knees. Because if we can do things without the power of the Holy spirit, and the power of the gospel and the power of Christ, then we're just doing stuff in our own strength, and it'll have it—it—it'll uh, burn up. Yeah.
0: Well, I tell you what, let's take a break, and we're going to come back and hear more from John about where where are we going in the future. We talked a little bit about the past, and he's going to wrap up the future of Christianity in Egypt in about ten minutes. So we're going <laughs> to take a break. That's right. We'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Ellen and Credit Union has been around the Louisville, Kentucky area for decades. They can help you with every financial need that you have, whether it's personal, commercial, you need a home loan, car loan. Ellen and Credit Union can take care of you and all of your financial needs. Bright Star Home Care. If you have someone that you love and care for that needs in-home care, whether they need one visit a week or they need 24-7 care, Bright Star Home Care is your very first contact to start that process and find out what's best for you and your loved one. We also want to thank podloo.com. That's Louisville Podcast Studios. If you want to do a professional sounding podcast or videocast, you want to look and sound great, Louisville Podcast Studios is your contact. Go to podloo.com. That's P-O-D-L-O-U dot <laughs> So, well, in our fourth and final segment today, uh, we haven't had enough time uh, to talk about what we're talking about with our guests, John and Philip, who are Egyptian uh, missionaries, if, if that's correct uh, verbiage uh, for what they do. And uh, we're going to talk in this fourth and final segment about two diametrically opposed kind of viewpoints, I guess, really. One of them is young people. And where it's going, how you grow, but also how in the world under persecution and repression can things grow under the, the weight? So, John, I guess my question to you was: young people. How old are you, John? 32. Okay. So that's considered young. That's <laughs> to <right>. me. <laughs> uh, so how, how do you see the youth in the church in, in Egypt or North Africa? How do you see the youth taking in this gospel message, and what are they doing with it in regards to
2: the church in these places? Yeah, great question. Um, I love the the words of Jeremiah. Um, he says, stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths. I love this ancient paths mm-hmm. verbiage because the way forward is to remember what happened behind us. And so, to stand or really stand we're standing on 2000 years of christian history um, this this there is a youth movement uh, you know if you're from kentucky or anywhere in the us you know there's an asbury revival movement and um, we are experiencing a taste of that among our youth within our movement where students are repenting students at the age of, of as young as 13 14 15 years old are now considering long term christian mission to cross a culture and to share the gospel with muslims so um so i think yeah i think the way forward is the ancient paths the ancient paths of dying to self the ancient paths of carrying my own cross you know everybody has a cross to carry i mean the in the earlier segment we were talking about you know the american dream Uh, you, you know the the cross that i carry this is something that god's called me to but you may be someone who um struggles um with your health and you have cancer, and that's your cross to carry in the hospital. But you're a light in America to your doctor who doesn't believe in Jesus. Everybody has a different cross, and no cross is better or worth more, or you know gets more crowns. Um, so yeah, I hope that answers um, the question. I don't know if that's yeah, no, that, that's really yeah. good, and that's a yeah. great challenge for all of us. Yeah, uh,
1: Philip, I have a question. You mentioned in the break about the growth of the gospel. Um, talk
3: about that to our listeners. Sure. Uh, I think Africa in general <clears throat> is uh, experiencing uh, a great revival when it comes to the multiplication of laborers. So um, if the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few, then what What I am seeing in the book of Acts and what we are uh, applying at this level is that the apostle Paul has invested in the locals, the indigenous, the nationals, wherever he goes. He planted churches that had the DNA to multiply itself within their proximities and beyond. So this is what we are doing. We are establishing missionary, church planting uh, schools to train the local Africans in North Africa, sub-Sahara Africa, Central Africa, in up to um, 20 nations. And we're just um, seeing a great fruit of laborers who are going to reach the unreached people groups of their own. The plus here is that they know their dialects, they know their languages, they know their culture, so they are there, and economically, they, it's it's just working great. Now, you, you by doing that, you are seeing a movement of church planting in that region and beyond, and the gospel is, is, is advanced. Uh, so I think uh, if I would challenge my listeners to say, Think of of the apostle Paul in Philippians one twelve when he said, "Brethren, I want you to know that my affairs have led to the advancement of the gospel." And that man, that man was 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 in chains that time. He was imprisoned in chains. But he's saying that my own personal affairs have led to the advancement of the gospel. So the question to, to you, to me, is what about your, um, your financial affairs? What about your um, uh, daily life uh, uh, routine? Is that leading, does that lead to the advancement of the gospel or to a higher Profile or a higher uh, style of life, uh, wherever you are. I, I think this is this is a big question. If we are to think of 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 what to invest in uh, that might have an eternal value,
1: that'll preach right there. <laughs> oh my golly, that's I mean that is, um, for me to live as Christ to die as gain and uh, paul being in prison advances the gospel
2: mm-hmm. that's the upside down of jesus amen your thoughts john yeah yeah i love that the christian life is not upward mobility it's uh it's like john the baptist said that jesus he must increase and i must decrease and i always get this picture i read it somewhere in a book that you never want to be that best man at the wedding who's trying to, like, win the bride, bride's attention. Like, first, that's weird. Don't ever do that. You'll probably get beaten up, you know. But that's not your job. Your job is to lift up the bridegroom. And, and I think downward mobility in the Christian life is lifting up the name of Jesus, me decreasing, and Jesus increasing.
0: Now, that, that won't fly a lot in American culture. Right. I, yes. mean, I I agree with you, yes. but I'm just saying in American culture, if you told somebody coming out of missionaries out of school, mm-hmm. you're not going to have a lot of people follow you on social media. You're not going to have a ton of people following you, period. You're not going to make a, a great living. You're not going to be very popular. You're not going to have a big house, big car, and have a great ministry that's all over social media and TV. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to jump in and do this? Wow. And in America, that probably didn't fly. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that we have to live in, in poverty. Yes. If yeah. if you live in if you've been born in a certain area, but mm. that message is that's a message that, you know, we can learn a lot from. Yes. Well, uh, and it's for us, not just it's not for them, quote. It's for us. That's too, right.
1: So. And when I sat down and had breakfast with these guys a few months ago, and that's why I wanted to have them on the show, because what you guys, both you, John and Philip, are challenging us and challenging me is the the beauty of the gospel? Yeah.
3: Yes. can I say uh, a short th- sentence here? Yes. I think abiding in Christ, as I think of the challenge that Chad has raised now, the, ch- the challenge of the tension between I wanted to be popular, I wanted to be uh, you know, go that that wide uh, wide gate or wide road, okay? Um, but 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 the challenge here, I think is that my responsibility is to abide in Christ is to stay with Jesus mm. is to have a fellowship with him to have his mind and when I have his mind you know with small segments just 15 minutes per day 20 minutes today to 30 minutes yes to the uh, the day the day after I think he will take care of it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's. We are not here to move the mountain. He will move the mountains, no. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I will just quote Hudson Taylor in a second here to say, uh, the early missionary of China. He said, "We need to take care of the spiritual life of people." and God we w- will take care of the rest in terms of obedience to Christ and 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 just release ourselves from the bondage of this world and be be free to follow to follow him wherever he he takes us amen well i tell you what
0: we're going to have to end with that and so uh, why don't we just go ahead and say thank you for listening here's our prayer for solid steps radio that for all of our people in egypt and across the world that when the winds of persecution blow it will grow them deeper in their faith and not over thank you for listening to Solid Step 3